Three, two, one, go. Hey, I'm Katie. Hey, I'm Chris. And welcome to the Product versus Engineering Podcast. So we've prioritized the work. We have a good idea of what we want to work on now, next, and later. So now we have to plan the work. <laughs> no, we don't. Not now, next, and later. I don't think now, next, and later. I think we have an idea of what we can go build. <laughs> we have vetted ideas. How about that? Can we agree on that? We have vetted ideas. Sure. That's what a now, next, and later roadmap but, can be, uh, though. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's now, next, and later because then it becomes, then, then <laughs> the real estimation work begins. Yes. So right. you've got your items that you know you want to prioritize in the immediate future, immediate term, short term, now. <laughs> yeah, what is, what, what, how about, let's talk about planning horizons. How about that? Mm. Why don't you start that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm open. So for me. I don't know. This is that business value conversation that people go through. How do you deliver thin slices of business value over time? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you have to think like, I don't know, for me, prioritization always ends up changing more often than you would think. Always. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of like do enough so that you can walk away from it for a period of time. Or if we, mm -hmm. if the company decides not to invest in it anymore or right now, Mm -hmm. mostly right now, that it isn't completely a busted experience. Yeah. Right. I hate leaving things busted for users, customers. I mean, I'm sure I've done it in my life, but like I, I try very hard to avoid busted experiences for, yeah. for whoever's going to use the software. So what what is Planning Horizon to you? Like, how have you seen it done? What do you, what do you prefer... For me, it runs the gambit. Like, I'm in a, a quarterly planning horizon at the moment. I've been, I've experienced quarterly planning horizons previously as well. I've experienced deadlines that have been provided to me, <laughs> which becomes a planning horizon. And I've also been in the position where we're, We've estimated what we need to do, and our horizon is when we think we can get that first initial release done, right? So let's just call that MVP, for lack of a better term. I hate that term. <sighs> you and everybody else. Um, so I honestly think it depends on the organization and how that happens, how the organization does planning overall, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I would say more often than not, I've been in, put in the position of here is your date, right? Like this is the day we need it by. So figure out what you can do by that date. But ultimately, from my perspective, at least, like let's put all that aside and let's say I've got leeway to understand what the estimate is and how long it's going to take. Then simply working with engineering and other teams who are involved in that um to plan that out 
is like, okay, so that's the next step. And then we start building. I think planning gets murky because of expectations from leadership and usually expectations on when it should be delivered and engineering not being able to deliver by that date, right? And then it's this negotiation back and forth until we get to a place of, okay, this is what we'll take. That's I mean, this what... is the. Re- I mean, the, the this is the real negotiation at the end of the day, yeah. Right, because yeah, we haven't like laid down real pen to paper until now. Yeah, yeah. Even at planning, I don't think it's really done. Right, no, like, but, because no. because it's it requires you too forward looking with engagement with deep engagement, which means they're which means engineering is not doing something else while they're doing that. Right, it's this balance of things right mm-hmm. and i i get the quarterly construct from a gtm perspective you know yeah. coming from b to c it's actually easy you just launch stuff and it it's out when it's out mm-hmm. you know as i've gone through different areas or different industries I, that is i think changed however i would still say like you want to you want to go as fast like to me it's what's the number one priority how quickly can we get it done realistically from the engineering team how quickly can we get it done what's slowing it down what are the long poles in the tent this is for me right Mm -hmm. like understanding kind of the critical path thing and i think people really forget critical path things to get all the bells and whistles it's like oh we get to use this that and the other and I'm like, but what's the critical path of functionality that gets you here, right? Because most of the time, a lot, you know, go look at this, like a lot of features aren't used that you build anyway. Yeah. Right. But the critical yeah. path is so because that actually solves the problem. It's like niceties around the critical path that, that mm-hmm. aren't there, right? I do think they're important for customer experience, but I think cu- critical customer experiences like understanding that and then understanding, you know, can you apply resources and make it go faster? Does it work? Does it not work? Yes, there's always this negotiation. I think what engineers forget is real true business planning actually needs to happen. And mm-hmm. it, it's not just at a whim of whenever you can get it done. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there are motions outside of engineering that need to happen in concert with engineering mm-hmm. in order to make sure that things are delivered. Right. It's all like, you know, how do you market it? How do you, you know, and I really, that's been the same regardless of industry. Yeah. Right. And so like, that's the part that I think people forget. It's like, if you have a date, there's generally a business reason. I think it's okay to talk about that. Like some teams I've worked with, why are you telling me a date? I'm done when I'm done. And I'm like, this is an Apogee software where where the game is done when we're done right like this is like it's to me that's just not realistic like i've been in situations like that and it's just like guys seriously well when is it done i mean that's the other problem is this never done like the word right the word just kind of miraculously makes more work until we get to that time period right and i think having a clear definition of criteria of what and and not definition of done in a sprint right. sense of the word, right. but what are what are the check boxes that we need and what mm-hmm. are the key outputs coming from planning construction 
to the folks downstream that have to market it, that need to create collateral, right? All of that is super important. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, how do you pull that, you know, shift it left so that some of those activities can begin? Like that's, that's the way I think about it. It isn't just yeah. like, right to user stories, we'll, we'll pull them into sprints, right? And I think, you know, I think if you're realistic, you know, if you're realistic around, I think generally a tolerance of a week or two giving, giving, depending on how long you've been working on it is not that bad. Right. I've, yeah. I've seen it go where, you know, your estimate can't be 10% off or you're bad at estimation. And I'm like, I, I don't. I would love to work sure. with somebody who could be clo as close as 10%. I think the problem becomes less if you're demonstrating value over time. Sure. Right. Like the problem is here are things that people can use. Sometimes it's acrylic experience that legit takes eight weeks to build. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's also incumbent upon solving that particular problem of what, what, what do we need to do? Like, I feel like the constraint is impactful to how you think about going about solving this particular problem. Like if somebody comes and says, I have the, like this three-year project I want to work on, no way. No. I mean, in what world? I mean, there are things that will take that long, but you still have to be able to deliver something before the end of three years, right? So like, I would say you probably haven't done your homework. If you know it's going to take three years, what can you deliver in 90 days or yeah, what whatever are, it might what are, be, what are, right? What, what are the right milestones for that project yeah. that don't seem like? Because I think it's very hard to sustain that level of effort because it takes a lot sure. of effort for yeah. three years so so you you made a point earlier about um the other mm, organizations or disciplines however you want to term them within the company that also have things they need to be working on at the same time that construction is happening so what's been your experience in the past when you've done planning who's in the room and what are you looking for from product i feel like i don't know i feel like other groups you want them involved but i i think a lot of times they're there and they don't understand their why why they're you know customer care or you know customer success for instance or whatever that function is for you support mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i feel like I, I feel like driving awareness earlier is better yes um, Always. <laughs> you know, I, I would say they're informed, you know, maybe consulted in certain instances. Mm -hmm. You know, I like having people in the room because then like, I'm a big believer that like the rules of the game are malleable, mm -hmm. but you got to know when to break the rules and when you can break the rules and they have to have good reasons. Right. Like, so mm -hmm. I'm very much about like understanding, you know, kind of some of the ideas what do I expect from product? I think openness to negotiation. I, I think that's the, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that is always the sticking point. It must look like it, you know, it must look like a zebra for instance. And I'm like, well, how about a horse? <laughs> so and, I guess, so what have you run into with that? Have you just, what, what has it been like? What's your experience been like in negotiating with product in that regard? How do I explain it? I, I don't, it's hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's hit or miss because some people are like, 
well, this is what it has to do. And I'm like, cool. But you get underneath, you get underneath that. And, and, and there's like, I guess, I, I guess the way I, the way it feels like is the whole entirety of the idea is the idea. And it's only that there aren't building blocks to that idea. So it's like, I can't replace blocks. I have to replace the entire idea with something else that gets them there. And so those negotiations happen over periods and periods of time, you know, and the other time it'll be is, well, this is what I asked for. And engineering will come back and say, well, you know, this is going to take 12 weeks. Well, I want it done in six. And then I'm like, well, then we need to talk. I will, I don't have a problem questioning engineering on the estimate. Like walk me through where the work is. Like mm -hmm. it's not all the same. So where is the work? Like right. tell me what the work is. And if it seems reasonable in most cases, I mean, some cases it's not, or in some cases maybe we're not thinking about it correctly and that gets sorted out. But like in the cases where it's not, and it's really, you know, people don't appreciate that sometimes this stuff just takes a while. Yeah. You know, if yeah. It, especially if it's new, right? If it's new... We've made it, we've, we as a business have collectively made a decision to move the platform or technology in a different direction. That takes time. And like, it's not just like we can't invest in it. We have to invest in those things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, I say it's hit and miss. Sometimes I, I feel like product will come with this and only this. It must look like this. It must act like this. And again, this is why I just come at, I, I, this, this is why I pound so hard on outcomes. Like what is the outcome yeah. we're trying to achieve? Cause, cause it isn't just one way. Mm. And I think people get over overly productive of their ideas. Yes. No, I, I agree with that. I think there's variables to that as well. It's what have you been tasked with by leadership? What are their expectations? What are your expectations? What are customer expectations, right? There's a lot that all, goes into that. But there's, so those are, so customer expectations aside, because I don't necessarily think you can fundamentally change those. Every mm -hmm. other one you list, that's when you have you, to know yeah. to break the rules, right? Like, yeah. well, leadership told me to do X, Y, and Z. Well, let's go have that discussion. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. what they're after is the outcome. They're not after necessarily the how. Now, they yeah. may have been sold on a how, so what's in their head is the how, right? This is yes. how we're going to do it. But, like, yep. if you can show alternatives and yeah. still reach the outcome, I've not, I've never been a place where that hasn't been listened to, right? And you have, yeah. but you have to, you have to know when to push on that button. Yeah. Well, and I think from the perspective of product, I think to have a really good conversation or a really good negotiation around that, you have to have somebody who's got some experience because let's say you've got somebody who's, I don't know, let's just say two years into their career as a product manager and they're working in a feature factory. They're not going to be able to have this conversation. Like they're not going to be very adept at it unless they're just a good negotiator anyway. Right. But somebody who's seasoned should be able to understand coming into this conversation that this is a negotiation. It's not mm, a mandate by any stretch. And it's not what I say goes. 
ever, right? And it's just not the way you can get anything done. Like I've I've seen people do that and I've seen those product people struggle. And then it just creates this tension that exists regularly, right? But it just kind of inflames that tension and then that product manager doesn't get the best from engineering, right? And then it's this constant like wall up. So I agree, like it it has to be negotiation. Uh, yeah, and-, and I blame, I would... I would blame I I uh, I blame is maybe too strong a word. I would lay that down in front of engineering as their problem. Sure, but I think some of that right? sits like, with product I, too. Because if you've come in and you basically say this is what I need, no questions asked. Like, let's be honest, that's not how it an, works. If an engineering, well, if an engineering, sure. The flip side, though, that I see more often is engineering teams just try to railroad products. Absolutely, people. I would love to talk about that. <laughs> right, and that's where I have no, I have no patience. I have no patience yeah. for that. Like I have, like you as an engineering leader, you need to have empathy and be a partner of the product person to yeah. get what they need done. This is why, like. Yes, you've only been doing it two years, but here are things that do not change outcomes. Sure. So we should be open to any po- any possibility in the universe <laughs> to get to an outcome should be on the table. Okay. Right? I mean, it, it, like anything, right? Like in it, your, it, in I your, mean, within the realm yes, of what's exactly. actually <laughs> Right. But I mean, like, I mean, not any possibility ever, but I mean, like in, in the realm of possibilities to actually get the outcome achieved, there are multiple paths. It is not one path. It is not, it is not products path. It is not engineering's path, right? It's, there's three sides mm-hmm. to every story, right? Your side, my mm-hmm. side and the truth. And I think that's what happens here. And I think people dig in, well, I need to do this, Right. Or this is the way it needs to be because of X, Y, and Z. Or we're using constructs to like make things longer, right? But like where 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 I struggle with engineering leaders across my entire career has been a hard line on some decision and not knowing when like the business outcome is the most important thing. And I probably learned this way later in my career than I should have, but like the business outcome is uh, the business outcome. i.e., the customer outcome is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. How I get there, new technology, old technology, whatever that is, is tertiary to that outcome. Yeah. And so that's a really good point. I think um, from the perspective of product, some some product folks don't know what those outcomes are, right? Because they're working, they're being told what to do, or they're like, oh, this is, this is in the backlog, it needs to be done, but they're not tying it to an outcome. And if you're able to tie what you're asking for to an outcome, that honestly, for me, takes out all of the... Um, because sometimes these conversations can feel very personal, right? Like I've been in front of engineering before with product ideas and I've been torn to shreds, right? And when I'm in that position, it's because I don't have the data I should have, 
I know I figured that out later, right? So, so when I'm in that position and I don't have the information, or I don't have the data, or I don't, I can't coalesce around an outcome, then I, I lose my credibility. Um, and it, and it starts to feel personal. If I can coalesce a team, get buy-in from a team around an outcome, and this is how we're going to achieve that outcome, it's such an easier conversation. So much easier than trying to convince somebody we need to do this feature because this is what I'm telling you we need to do. And the number of times I've been in that position without data, countless. It's been, I mean, that's my experience, right? I, 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 yeah, I feel like that gets weaponized. Like, I feel like it's like, I'm like, there's this weird. You feel like outcomes get weaponized? Everybody's, no, everybody, 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 like engineers just hate on everything sometimes. And it's like, (laughs) but it's not appreciated. Like you heard it here first, (laughs) but it's like, it's like appreciative inquiry. It is, but it doesn't always. The only reason I, the only reason I say this is because, like, I generally am on the mopping up end. Yeah. Of sorting that out, right? Yeah. Well, they told me they couldn't do it, and this is what it was going to take, and they told me like six months, and I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And then I go ask the question, and I'm like, okay, well, and then you have to translate it, right? And this is this is where like basic communication yes and not talking about the technology and talking about the outcome this is the only reason why yeah. i ever talk about outcomes anymore. yeah what is a customer trying to achieve like you know what you know i know what i know can we collectively get to a pseudo solution <laughs> that is like i won't even i won't even it, it it's a flow chart before it is anything else yeah yeah right like show me how you're going to solve that problem what are the questions we need to answer right like i because immediately people are going to like because they look at that and they go well i don't know how to build that without this 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 and this like i've sat in that seat i get it Mm -hmm. right it comes off as here are 500 things you do not know yeah and generally in a and generally in a tone where it makes people feel (laughs) condescending it's very condescending yeah, yeah right and it's like yeah. And I don't think that's how it's meant. Like sometimes I mean sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Yeah. But like appreciate like empathy of where the person is, meeting them where they're at. Somebody's got to flex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. One one either either engineering has to flex or product has to flex. Right? And they all look differently mm-hmm. and you got to have that tool in the toolbox, but there needs to be empathy for where the other person, you know, it could be they're under a massive time crunch and now they're being pulled out to go try to estimate your stuff when they got this deadline due in like six days. Right. That sucks. But, right? the, but the thing is, is like, let's put that stuff on the table then. Right. Like, how do That's we make your problem? It's not. But if it's affecting you, how can I help you? But you may not be able to help. I mean, you may not. Can be the we person move this estimate or can we move I this may have asked, like, like I may have asked. Like, well, that's the other problem, right? They can't say, can we talk about this three weeks from now? Because you're going to be like, I need this answer now, right? Like, it, it, you know, I may have said, look, I need this done quickly. We need to focus on these things. And that's why they're under a time crunch, right? Sure. Not because of you, not because of product, because I walked in the room and I made some stupid comment. Yeah. 
and somebody took it the wrong way. Yeah. Right. And this is where you need to escalate appropriately. Mm-hmm. Right. Like escalate that. If that's a problem, like, hey, what's more important? You know, and again, what's happening in the one on ones? How are people removing blockers? How are you ensuring your people are successful? Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, engineers or product or both have to flex to a place. This is the entire reason why every time I start with this stuff now, it's what are the outcomes we're trying to achieve? Yeah. Yes. Right. And that way it just it, it gets rid of all the technology stuff. The technology is the technology and that's it. It makes it a different discussion. We come together. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. to kind of really to 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 figure that out. So it feels like what we've talked about related to planning feels a little bit like it's related to solution estimation. So in your mind is is planning a continuation of estimation or is it like a further yeah, fidelity of estimation? Yeah. Okay. I I don't think estimation stops until such time that it's in a it's on a backlog and somebody's doing work on it. Yeah, I think that's a good right? point. Like, I think that's a really good point because you it, it's 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 continually sharp, sharpening yes, the pencil. Exactly. Right. Like the pencil is pretty like you basically have one of those big fat crayons at the beginning. Yeah. Like when we're trying to prioritize this stuff, like, mm -hmm. I don't know what this looks like. It, <laughs> I think it, it looks and smells like this. Yeah. By the time you actually get to planning, right. You, you should have more of that ideally fleshed out, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, sharpening the pencils on solutions, sharpening the pencil on technologies that need to be used and potentially an assessment of, you know, do we have the technology we need in order to be able to do the X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. um, I think those, I think those are super important. And then, you know, and then when it goes on a backlog, right. And this is where I think understanding outcomes and business value sooner rather than later helps prioritize the backlog because there's overall objective priority. Yeah. And then there's delivery priority, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's like, I got to deliver all these APIs before I can even build the UI, right? And, yeah. and that's where they get the freedom to do what they need to do in order to deliver the outcome, right? Yeah. And and I, I feel like engineering can best chart that path if they understand what the outcome is, but it doesn't stop. And this is the thing that I think people got away from, right? Like you, story point, and this is super controversial, I'm sure, you story point early on to get an idea of what you think you can do, right? Yeah. And then you go away, you put them in, you task them out. Here are the things I need to do with hours, because at that point, you know the hours, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah, but right? you have some sense and then of. You come back. Then there's a ritual to come back and say, yeah, we can get it done. We can do more. This is too much. Here's why, mm -hmm. right? For for whatever happens after your sprint, your mileage may vary. Yep. To then use that back and say, why didn't we know? Mm -hmm. Right? What could we have done? Like the feedback. So it, the way I see it done now is like, oh, it's two weeks. Okay, what can go in two weeks? How many story points can you do? Okay, cool. I've seen hours tied to story points. I've like seen all kinds of stuff, and I'm like, it was never meant for that. No. It was meant for 
of the list of 50 things, because we have too much, mm -hmm. how many, based on what we did last time, based on the rough estimation that we've already done, how many did we think we could do? Everybody forgets that sprint planning also includes tasks. The first day is like tasking out that crap. Yeah. I, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, and I agree. <laughs> and mapping dependencies. Oh, I need something from somebody else. Right? You try to do that early. Okay. But like, yeah, you know, from infrastructure. Oh, yeah. I need something from I need something from somebody else. Like yeah. trying to get all that out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But everybody's just like, oh, pull it in, we'll do it. Yeah, that's why like Kanban to me is way better. Pull it off, put it in there. Not too much whip. Move on. Maybe that's another topic we should broach because I mean, I... no, it's it, it's, <laughs> the internet will hate me. Well, I. I... They won't like me either, you know, so that's okay. But like, I mean, I've seen it probably like you have, right? It, it varies every place. Um, everybody has a method. Oh, scaled agile framework is another one, Jesus, but don't, like don't it, it's, started. it's, it, it really comes down to inspect and adapt daily. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Raising blockers as they happen. Yep right and and making sure you don't have too much whip and that you're focused on the right things yeah right it used to be like i used to long to uh, how long this was maybe mm, 17 years ago you get these big thick <laughs> business requirements document. documents <laughs> business requirements documents that you would then like edit up yeah. Right, like yeah. I'd sit there and like hand write uh, on this crap, yes. and then give it back, and then you would get it back, and then you would hand it. Then you'd have to do some sort of technical design. Yeah. Right? Technical design and document. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like, like I mean, me I'm back. sure I'm dating myself, <laughs> but like, I think in retrospect those documents need to be living they're not they're yeah. not static no problems are being solved all the time yeah and to me the real work is having the vision to say this group of work satisfies this outcome however you happen to do that mm -hmm. and how do we minimize the work in process let's not start too much stuff mm-hmm Right, because that's the other problem. Like with Kanban, you see everybody. Well, I'm blocked, and I can't finish that. If you're blocked, the team's responsibility is to help you is to help get you unblocked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, you see these you see these Kanban boards with like 20 things in there for teams of like six, and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because well, you won't finish anything. No. And I think, I mean, I think there's discipline around, or discipline rather, around mm, how the work gets done. And everybody has their flavor. Um, yeah. And I, I'm the toolkit, I'll say the agile toolkit. Mm hmm needs to be in support of the business like if you go read the manifesto like this is the other one i agile doesn't do documentation oh yes this is always that's not exactly what it said and yeah. Yeah. that's really not exactly it says we favor working software over documentation but not no documentation yeah like 
right? Yes. Like yes. we as a group need to need to need to come up to some sort of agreement of what we as a technology folk are going to agree to. Yeah. If that's swagger documentation, if that's contracts, whatever that happens mm -hmm. to be, like those are those are the non-negotiables. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't meet them, right? And this is this is I I guess this goes into construction, right? Like I those are those are non-negotiable for me. Yeah. I will uh, fight tooth and nail if somebody walks in and says if a product manager says I do not care about quality, I care more about the date, we're having a problem. Because it's not focused on the right thing, no. right? Like no one wants crappy software that doesn't work. Mm -mm. No. No. Right. I wonder so what are the what are the documentations and how do you make that easy? What is the tooling for it? How do you automate? So, like there's technologies out there and need to be invested, right? Yeah. To make that stuff easy, right? Yeah. I think, um, I'm trying to think about how I think about planning. Um, for me, planning is, I see it as kind of separate phases, right? Like I have this initial kind of estimation process that happens with engineering and then there's maybe a larger planning effort that exists, right? Where we talked about like you have these, all the other um, departments in the conversation, but I've also been in organizations where planning can happen in a vacuum with just product and engineering, which has been disastrous. It's never good. If you're not bringing everybody along for the conversation, like you were saying, like even if they're not contributing, at least if they're hearing the things that are coming. Um, and I feel like that's always been a struggle for every organization I've worked for, always. Um, I to... don't want anybody to say that. I, I hate the, well, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, like so my fear, my fear, my fear is my fear is I'm going to make sure, you know, yeah. so that when we get to the part that where yeah. I need your help, exactly. You're not saying you didn't know. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I will, and, and maybe it's not in a meeting, but I will seek out the people I know or find out who those are yeah. and make sure they're aware yep. of the thing because like the worst case is, is uh, you know, you show up and it's like, hey, it's done. And well, I didn't know about this. And now you got to bring them all up to speed, right? Context mm -hmm. is important. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the number of times I've run into people who say, oh, I didn't know, or oh, I wasn't involved, or oh, this was a disaster because we didn't know X, Y, Z. Um, those are the people I always invite, no matter if they need to be there or not. Like, you, the invitation is now open right? You can show up, you can listen to our conversations. If you don't show up, then it's on you. <laughs> but usually they yep. show up and they want to be involved. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to bother people. And I'm like, no, it, I mean, as a product person, like, I, <laughs> you're responsible for that. Like, I feel like genuinely 99% of the people want to do their job well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So like more information, you know, more information to them to give them context for them to do their job better, I think helps everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
it also greases a lot of skids because people will take responsibility like yeah. oh yeah you told me that i didn't right like i mean it's about having accountability and making sure i hate the racy construct like and there's another one driver or something something AC. you know what i mean yeah i actually like what the is AC. it i like the uh, ac over the oh race. i don't know about i don't know about that i i yeah, I'm not gonna go into too many of those, but like <laughs> we should do a I frameworks do episode. About, no, no, no. <laughs> What's Silicon Valley doing this week? Oh, oh that's good. what we should do. No. no, that's not what we should do. Mm-mm. Um, I think I I do think about it in in relation to who's responsible, who's accountable, who's consultant, who's informed. Mm-hmm. I do I do think that's a good construct for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think for me, it's a good check for I'm responsible, but I'm, you know, I'm accountable, but they're responsible and and trying to make sure we hold the appropriate team person Mm -hmm. function accountable for what they need to do there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think a lot of times organizations do a terrible job about explaining roles and responsibilities to their employees. That's exactly where I was going. Right. It goes back to understanding what your role is, understanding what others' roles are, and aligning. Yes. I mean, I wish I could share a pointed example with you. But yes, there are organizations that I've not worked for. I've only worked for one organization who's done that and wasn't really good at it. Right? So like, still had people questioning, like, so what do you do? And what do I do? Like, this is what we do all the time, you know? And here's a document that tells you. <laughs> but but people were still questioning, right? So I, I think it the... needs to be in the DNA yes, about just... how it functions. Yes. It can't yes. be I, like, and there, uh, we've definitely had some conversations in my career where it's been very clear. We've documented and people are still like, what am, what am I? I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was responsible. What do you mean you didn't know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Different problem. Yeah. But like, you know, if a person, if a person on my team doesn't understand their role, or what they're going to be held accountable, that's on me, mm-hmm. not on them. Yeah. But if I've made, if we've gone through it all, right? I don't know how you review people if you don't actually understand what they're accountable, responsible, or... You don't review them. You don't review them. You don't. That's a whole nother episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> Career development. Oh, we should talk about that. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, Maybe next season. Yeah. I'm, if I'm, people decide like, to listen to All kinds to of topics have come to mind today. Um, For sure. We... For sure. I mean... So to your point, knowing what your job is and what other people's responsibilities are and what their jobs are, what their roles and responsibilities are, is key, typically anywhere, right, to getting something done. But it just helps remove the ambiguity. It helps you feel like, oh, so I don't have to do all this on my own because a product manager ends up in that position quite often. Um, But yeah, it needs to be in the DNA. It needs to be like, talked about from the point you are onboarding as a new employee throughout your time there. So, um, I agree with that. Okay. So I was talking earlier about how I think about planning and like having this planning phase with engineering and then having this 
secondary planning phase with everybody else, right? So all of the other people who enable the product um, at some point, either marketing, support, whoever it might be. I've been in places where it all happens together. I've been in places where it happens separately. Um, I think it can happen either way. Um, but what I would say is that um, product is in a... Um, a position of connecting those teams and unless you have program management or project management to support um, you may be playing those roles as well and I just want to make that clear because you know some people will get product management mixed up with project management and it's very different um, and usually there is some aspect of your job as a product manager that is project management but you are like in the middle and you're you're sitting in the middle of all of these different departments and you're helping coordinate that in support of the outcome you're trying to achieve in support of the product you're trying to build and so it's important that you have relationships with all of those people so that when you come to planning people are willing to help you <laughs> Because there's also that dynamic of, and I've seen that happen. It's not happened to me, thankfully, but I've seen it happen to other product managers where people have been burned and people don't want to help. Um, and things drag and drag and drag, right? Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the more information product can come with, um, I think the more trust they can build with their partners. And I think the more data they have, um, to support what they're trying to do, the better buy-in and the better partnerships they're going to have, better cooperation they'll have in planning. So do we want to switch over to construction? I know you talked a little bit about it, but from planning to construction, where's that line for you? I know you mentioned earlier, like once it's in a backlog and it's going to be worked, Yeah, I mean, I like I see it as all one thing. I think it goes from planning and planning is just how we're going to build the house. Yeah. Right. And then it goes into, you know, everybody should understand the necessary non-negotiables, quality, you know, that kind of stuff how we're going to operate as a team. And those are different by teams and that's completely fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the big thing was just thinking about program management in relation to that. Like I, I think I've seen it where products tried to make program management accountable for the delivery. But to me, program management is just what I would hold them accountable for is making it transparent. Yes rather yeah. than you know they're responsible for making things transparent like mm -hmm. are things going well are things not going well no lies no no spinning of stories mm -hmm. right but the the leader on either side that that has the work product that needs to be delivered i.e user stories in a backlog or whatever that whatever that is for you yeah. and working software out the other end not program management's responsibility. Not at all. Not at all. 
they're there to make sure it's transparent. They're there to make sure that we're doing, we're, we're keeping the promises that we said we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I've seen it like product, product management hands it off to the program manager and the program manager drives it. It just, it doesn't, it, it, that just doesn't work. So I've been, I've, in my mind. yeah, I've been in organizations where I am far removed from construction so it's like okay hey here's the thing we want to do okay this is how long it's going to take etc we have that whole conversation then you just kind of hand it off <laughs> and for me i just cross my fingers and hope it comes out the other side like what i wanted um usually doesn't but there are some organizations where that happens and I'm not going to say they're not all successful at that, right? Like there's probably some who do that well, but there's probably some that don't do it very well. There's probably a lot that don't do it very well. I, I, so, I mean, you could do it, but guess what happens is on the other side of that, you're just getting the people involved again yeah. to actually fix it. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. it, 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 in my mind, needlessly prolongs the ability to deliver. Yeah, you know, I'd be wary. I'd be wary of working in an organization where that was the case. Absolutely. Like I would, I would seriously, seriously be wary of an of an organization that that where like I've 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 definitely had the point of view in my lifetime where you know don't bother the engineers, but like I've definitely aged out of that. Because what I learned in my when I was when I was writing the code, I would end up at these projects, and then I'd be super frustrated with all of these changes. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people do the change request forms like oh, CRFs, yes. and you're like, oh, oh okay. God, I haven't heard that acronym in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm like, oh, you know, and it's then then it's like this defensive. Yeah. Where, where it's the, and I think that's where I grew into, I actually care less about how the technology operates underneath the hood because nobody actually really cares about that outside of engineering. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the experience, the user experience, the customer and or user experience is something everybody understands. This is fundamentally why, what are the outcomes we're trying to solve? What does it look like? Yeah. Are we in agreement that this is the right way to solve the problem? Yes or no? Okay, fine. Go build it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that that's, I mean, it's a simplified view of construction, but I mean, like it's, you know, I don't think we need to belabor, you know, opening the code, you know, yeah. like I, I, I it, it's really around what are the, what are the responsibilities and how do they, how do we, how does, like, how does software come out the other end where mm-hmm. everybody's like, yeah, that's what we wanted. You yeah. know, now there are definitely times where people see it and they're like, there were assumptions made and they were wrong. Mm-hmm. They were wrong, which is fine, right? Like, that's going to happen. Like, I don't know why people think that's not going to happen. That it, I try so hard to drive every, document all the assumptions, document the trade-offs. 
and try to draw anywhere where I think there's going to be a problem or where people, where I think people are assuming one thing or the other, mm -hmm. I'm driving a clarity on that particular point. Yeah. Because what happens is you go in thinking it's one thing. Everybody else thinks it's something else. There's, it, it's all super conceptual in, in nature. It's a flow chart. Mm -hmm. Like we don't even have screens. It's a flow chart. Do this, do that, do this and do that. You can get away with it a little bit in storytelling, right? Like, how do you think about the problems? And, and people can conceptualize those concepts. Yeah. But like, you see these PowerPoints and they're like eight different items we need to focus on. And it's like, no, 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 no. There are three and yeah. only three. Pick the three, figure it out, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's you know, I don't know. It, it You know, some form of adoption, acquisition, initialization pick it yeah. right like everything has a funnel mm -hmm. right so so as you walk through that that's 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 why I, that's that's why i think you just kind of continually drive to clarity yeah like people understand people understand both you know and it doesn't need to be great like i mean there are definitely people out there that will do a full-on figment and vision and you're like i don't know that's a little hefty to me. I mean, if that's what it is for, for that business, that's fine. But sometimes that feels a little too heavy. Mm -hmm. I think it's drawing the screens. What is the important information? Okay, cool. Like, you know, like it doesn't have to, the, the other part is, is then people think I'm asking for like, give me the certainty around what the information is we need on the screen. No. What do you, what is the basic information we need on the screen? But like just enough to get the point across. That's in relation to construction. Mm -hmm. So what point See, do you need clarity? In construction. Right before it gets pulled into a sprint. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah. to me, conceptually, I would get the team in the room. Here's what we've been asked to do. Yeah. These are the important outcomes. What do we see? I'm trying to drive lowest fidelity i mean it's no different than planning and estimation yeah. i'm trying to drive low fidelity to high fidelity high fidelity is what i need when i'm working on that screen and mm -hmm. in in at that particular time right at that moment yeah right and typically what happens is those things don't line up design's not done engineering doesn't have the screens to work on so they pull in something else because they know they can work on it mm -hmm. What happens is there's a bunch of assumptions in design that aren't vetted that therefore change the underlying technology. Happens all the time. All the time. Oh, I didn't know I needed a validator. I didn't know this was a required field. I didn't, you know, crap. We need to go, we need to go figure out how to do required fields because they're not declarative. Like all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's why I want to say I don't need to see Figma. At, 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 at right after planning, unless, you know, if we're going to do a login screen, you know, whatever's going to go in on that particular sprint, mm -hmm. that's what I need fidelity on. Yeah. And I would even say like, I think being aware, like we're not going to have copy, like, because the things they need are like copy, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody forgets about that. Oh, well, we only have two <laughs> copywriters. We have five, you know, we have like, 10 teams and it's like well who's writing this copy yeah you want the engineers to write this copy sure <laughs> seen it happen yes i have too <laughs> it's 
not the right thing don't to do. Don't, don't right complain thing about to conversion. Don't complain about conversion. Don't complain about conversion when 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 you're asking them to do it. I'm just saying. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and those are the things that people forget. So what happens is, is everything comes in piecemeal. So here I'm at a sprint. Everybody's, everybody's got, you know, everybody's got what they think this thing looks like. No one knows what it looks like. And now all of a sudden it's like, what do we need to do? Well, when are we going to have copy? Well, we're not going to have copy for another three weeks. I have so much to say about how the product manager can help that process. <laughs> This should, they, I mean, yeah, I mean, but the problem is, is it, you, 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 you do, you do want it just in time. Yeah. Because like the problem is, and, and, and the, and the, the acceptance period at the end, right. Mm. You have to understand that things are just going to change. Right. Because there are things that are outside of your control. Brand voice. Oh, we rolled out the new brand logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. How we want to position product marketing's change. Right. Like, uh, like they're doing their job. Mm -hmm. It's just we, 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 if we err on the side of speed, you don't get the flexibility. If you err on the side of flexibility, you don't get the speed. Yeah. So my thing is, where can I be? Where do I have to be flexible? What are the known unknowns? Mm -hmm. Copy, design changes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like those are uh, maybe change an outcome, but generally that at that point it's never like change an outcome. Mm -hmm. Like if you're gonna change an outcome, you just cut the feature at that point, right? Like it's yeah, it's always copy, problem. it's always yeah. design. Yeah. yeah, it's always design. Like that's really it, or, or some technical problems, right? But like legal. <laughs> oh, legal's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got pretty. Yeah, I mean, but... I, I got I got pretty good at dealing with that. You just like you drive that really good relationships with 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 the attorneys. Sure. And and it's not asking them for permission. It's figuring out where the line is yeah. and suggesting alternatives. Yeah. So I think all of these things where you say, you know, we need flexibility in the construction process. I agree. And I'm always appreciative of that flexibility, but I'm also, I also believe that a product manager should be coordinating with these people prior to this shouldn't be, I've been in the position before where it's like, I'm sorry, copy's not ready or we don't have copy or whatever. Right. But that's not the position you should be in. And it's in an, and you should drive away from that. Right. You should drive I, towards having what you need so that the team I can mean, do the work. I mean, sure. If you go with, I mean, then we get into how much time do I have on a copywriter? Like, I, I like, you always have less copywriters than you actually need in order to do the things you need to do. They're always asked to do a bunch of other stuff that isn't really focused on the product. It's focused on other things, right? Because you don't have so many of them. And so to me, understanding that we're not going to have those things like i'll take drafts like give me drafts sure but like you can't expect when the sprint is done that that's necessarily shippable if we don't have final copy like it's just like hey this is what's going to happen and we're going to have to go clean it up right i think that's fine right, right? because like you're trying like 
the bolts are coming in the door while we're still putting the doors on the car, right? And yeah. so, like, I, I think you... I'll take just in time, but you need to be super clear and transparent about what you're doing mm -hmm. so that people know. I, I it, it is, I've tried to push, like engineering can try to push, I need all this stuff before I start on it. The problem yeah. is, is that stuff is never static. Yeah. So trying to force that particular issue just means you're avoiding the inevitable. Yeah which is three to four weeks at the end of delivery on fit and finish stuff. Yeah. That's right. usually a thing at the, at the, like at the end of planning, it's always a caveat that comes from engineering, at least in my experience of like, so this is the plan we need to have all these things <laughs> in place in order to meet the plan. Yeah, I mean, people, people get sick. Yeah. We don't have people leave like it, it just like you, you try to push that so hard up front. Yeah. And like it just it, it the reality is, is it doesn't matter how much you it doesn't ha matter how much I pushed or and then it would be like, well, Chris doesn't want to start the project. And I'm like, well, you know, we need to get all this stuff done and I'm just trying to make sure it's a good product. Right. Like and and at the end of the day, like that stuff's going to change no matter what. Yeah. Like I hate it. Like, and it's the, the, the re the reason it bothered me so much is I would sit there on these projects and I would just, it'd be email after email after email. And then you just feel like you just delivered this pile of crap. Yeah. And I had to reframe how I thought about that, which is, well, this is the first time they're seeing it. Of course, they're going to have feedback. And that's why like, I'm relatively flexible mm -hmm. on when those things come in because like the reality is, is they're not on the same schedule I am. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't necessarily need all that stuff up front. You know I, what I mean? Because like you're generally getting partials of people at that point. Oh, you're only getting, and I don't know how 50% of somebody's time actually nets out, right? right like right. it's, it's flavor of the day. So unless somebody's over there screaming and yelling about how we don't have it and it's a forcing function as we get closer like it becomes real for people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I, th I think there is something to be said for, um, how organizations support product. And I'm not saying like product manager, but product, like the actual products that organizations make. And I mean, I've been in a position where I've had to fight for resources a number of times in my career, and that's killed momentum or killed things altogether because no one's available. But I've also been in organizations where there is continuous support from marketing, from design, and you can have these things in hand when you go into construction, right? So, so I get it. But I think, I think to me that points to, in, unless people are just so overworked and you're, you don't have enough people, um, it points to a larger issue in my opinion. Um, I mean, I, the realities are the realities. Like I try not, I try too hard. I try too hard not to focus on some of that stuff because it, you know, it's like, well, how can we not like, I, I think 
highlighting the blockers, mm -hmm. highlighting the impacts. Mm -hmm. it, it It's a much easier path to resolving those issues rather than, you know, I think if you have people thinking about it out front, sure, I would agree with that statement. I don't think, I, I quite honestly don't think people think about that. There's many people that Right, don't. until some, yeah, yeah I, I, I would say the, the majority of people are reactive yeah. to this problem than proactive. Absolutely. Because the proactive position is more money out the door, right? Like it all comes down to what that means in terms of headcount, onboarding, blah, 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 blah. Like there, there's a bunch of, right? Like how do you get somebody there? Well, I mean, if you've got the resources, sure. But like what happens if I've got, I'm doing a complete site redesign. We don't have a copyright. Well, that's massive, right? I mean, no, no, but I mean, most, but again, like you're never going to have enough of the support people you need in order to do the job you need to do. And what happens is, is, is the ones that like, yes, there are people who have fully contained teams, but I feel like, I feel like that's a recipe for, that's a recipe for people peeking in and going, well, what are they doing? Can they help out over here? Right. Because people are looking for efficiency because it's faster. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, there should be some level of support. Mm -hmm. I just kind of assume there is. Don't expect to. <laughs> yeah. I, well, be, because th then what do I do? I, my option is not build anything. Yeah. I think right? that, that I, can't be my answer. Right. I can't go, no, I can't build it because we don't have the copy. Like that, that, that will get me laughed out of every room. Sure, sure, right? Like it shouldn't be a reason not to build, but I think what product has to understand that is if you go into a situation where you don't have a final design and you don't have copy, you have to understand that that will impact whatever timeline you have, right? Because if they're not doing it when they're doing construction, they have to do it at some point. So to me, it's always, how do I eliminate the chance of this timeline shifting longer than it needs to be? And so I always work to get whatever I can ready so that I can hand it off when, when it's needed. Cause otherwise we're doing more work at the end. And, and what I would say is what you're giving me is draft because we won't know until the end. I don't think that's true. That's not always the uh, case. I it's, it's been my experience time and time again that it, it 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 very very few times in my career have I ever gone through an entire cycle. Mm -hmm. and I'm not just talking sprints. Yeah, entire cycle to deliver to a customer outcome where there hasn't been some, some level of some level of change. Sure copy design mm -hmm. right and those things are the tedious most tedious ones yeah. in some cases yeah um I, yeah you know is it 100 copy change no i just go in expecting it's going to be a good amount yeah and because and and i just try to make sure everybody understands that well i think the other the other risk in that though is like if you're not getting your designs and let's say you um you're building something new 
And I think we talked about this before where design can um, increase the level of complexity just based on, I mean, you just mentioned it earlier, based on their design, right? So I guess in my mind, I'm trying to control all the variables to ensure the timeline that's been published is close to accurate, right? We always know it's going to move, but what are the things I can control? What are the things I can help influence rather um, to help us yeah, get there? Yeah, I don't see. I, I the control word is interesting. Influence, to me. influence, because you you can't. No, control but I mean, it, it, but... no, yeah, but I and that's why, like, I just that's why I've just adopted this, like we have to expect and manage change. That's it. I, I, I'm not like, you know, what leg do I, so, so I get something from design and design is like, we want it to look like this. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is the first time we're seeing it. I'm, I will stand in front of somebody and say that I will not, not 75% of the time will not win that argument. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Right. So I got to do it anyways. So now I'm stuck with, I got to go crush a team mm -hmm. to get this done to maintain the timeline. Right. And that's, that's why I think the flexibility where, where it's like, we'll get close. Yeah. Right. But if this project's eight weeks and I'm three days late, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like if the tolerances are that tight, then yeah, you got to manage to that. Yeah. But like generally the tolerances aren't that tight. Right. So like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you can't sit there and not give somebody a clear path though. Like I can't sit there and say, well, I need to, I, I haven't seen the designs at some point you've got to, and this is where I believe program management super important, make it transparent on when things are needed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I just like, I, I've tried so long to try to control it. Mm-hmm that at the end of the day, it's just, it, I, I, it's just not controllable. There are too many things outside of, there are too many things outside of what, outside of my control that I just kind of accept that, you know, state what we need, when we need it, fidelity, be mm -hmm. clear about what you need mm -hmm. and, and let people drive to that. Otherwise it's just, it, 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 it you're fighting with too many people and you look like, you look like, you look like, you look like the person that just doesn't want to build it. Yeah. Or, or you get labeled as, oh, they need everything before they can start, you know, then people start rolling their eyes. Right. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've been there. I've lived it fine. Yeah. Then we're all coming on this journey together. Get on the train. Cause the train's moving down the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think there there's opportunity for product to do a better job. Um, Cause I've seen- I think it's true. I just don't know, like, I just, I feel like you gotta, I mean, it just for me, I want the product manager to have as much flexibility up into the last moment as possible within reason. Right, mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because look, th everything evolves and I, I can't like, if I'm going to pin you down to something you said three months ago, that's not fair either. No, no. And I think right? that's so yeah, like, that's why I think bringing everybody on the journey. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and making a couple stops along the way and being clear about what you need is probably the best you can do. And, you know, yeah. if everybody, if everybody's acting responsibly and, and, and being held accountable, the things work out right. Yeah. I think it's, it is, it's key to bring people in early and have design there, have your copywriter there, have, you know, whoever, so that they're not just hearing about this too. Cause I've been in that position where it's like, Oh, Hey, yeah. we need this thing. And, Oh, well, we didn't know you need a copy for it, you know? And I think that's why I say, I think product can do quite a bit to influence what's ready when, when it needs to be. Um, and if you're doing this, if you're talking to people along the way, right? So if we think about a new idea we've had that we've taken through a process to do some sort of validation, design should be there right? Copywriter may not be there, but design should be there. Engineering should be there. Like this isn't when we get to construction should not be the first time you're hearing about it. So you should have some sense of what it's going to look like, what it could look like. You should have some sense of what copy you need, right? <laughs> like if you're getting to construction yeah, and I, somebody's saying, where's yeah. the copy? And you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. You're not doing your job. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree with those sentiments. Yeah. I just. It doesn't happen often enough. I feel like it's why you are, why you have the opinion you have. <laughs> no, it, 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 I think, <laughs> I think it, 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 level of engagement for people once this starts is yeah. different for everybody. Sure, sure. And I can't, I can't like. If I'm building a team that has like, if I have a team and this is what they're dedicated and we know we're going to need all these things, I would argue for that. The majority of the time is like really copy, like I, I've, maybe I've been fortunate, like copywriters are generally really quick. Yeah. Right. With what they, with, with what they produce. And I don't know if that's just a function of the job, but at least the ones I've worked with have always been very, very quick. Mm -hmm. So like, I need, I need them engaged when I need them engaged. Yes, they should have awareness, mm -hmm. but I need them engaged when they need to engage, but I can't hold them up for three months No. while I try to, you know what I mean? So like, that's why I'm like, I kind of want some flexibility mm -hmm. and we all have to recognize at the end of this, this is not going to be exactly what you, you know, there's a reason you do multiple walkthroughs of the house. And I don't believe the sprint demos actually do a good job at conveying this, <laughs> but like you walk through a house as you're building it to make sure it's what you envision. Yeah. I almost right? feel like, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about it in this season or if we ever want to broach the topic. Right. But like there's a process that happens at least from my experience in construction where if you're completely blind to development happening, like I said earlier, you're not going to end up with what you want at the end and there's going to be rework and there's going to be stuff that has to change. You have to have, and I don't know if it's program manager, it could probably be a scrum master, but you've got to have some level of transparency into that process to understand what's going on and where, how things are going. And product, in my opinion, should be part of that process. They should be, they often aren't. Yes, and that's a like problem. they opt out. 
they should not be able to opt out. And that's the thing is where I don't, I don't believe there are some product managers who think they should be involved in that. How do you know what's happening with your product? Well, I think you have to have a discipline, right? Like the, the, the art here, the art there is not over index on all the problems that are going to come up. Right. Right. What, what you're going to hear every day is all the, all the problems, all the problems, right? Yeah. I didn't get this done. I don't know how to do this. That creates anxiety in people. That is natural in engineering. Like that is the job, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't like you write one line of code. It doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. You're trying to do something that maybe you haven't done or maybe you've seen or whatever, right? I, this is literally you're creating this thing on the fly yeah. with every line of code you write. And there's, I've never seen it happen, but I, I always end up on this receiving end of, well, they're having all kinds of problems. Yeah, that's the pro. That is what happens here, yeah. right? Like I don't know. Like you are, you are seeing how that sausage is made. Yes, and it's tough. It is. It is, and I, I think people over-index on the problems because all they hear are problems. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, th like I think it easy... depends on the person, but I mean, for me, and you know, I mean, typically in a standup, if a product person's there, they're not talking, right? They're just listening. They shouldn't. Um, I shouldn't say they shouldn't. They should just be listening. Yeah, and that's been or, my or asking questions to seek to understand. Yeah. So that's been my. But what happens is that information becomes information and standups become weaponized. Yeah, right. It does. Where people start to feel like, oh, I'm not, they're not going to deliver it. Or is this, this is, team any good? And it's like, another topic we what need are to you cover. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, like, well, and you, you, like, I mean, you, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 what, 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 you, I, I don't even know what you think this is. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're going to run into problems. That is, their whole job is solving problems. So like, this is what it is. Yeah. I think we should, you know? I think we should. Oh, I don't have a light box. Yeah. I don't have a light box. What are we going to do about a light box? Oh my God. Oh my God. This is, <laughs> and, and it always ends up, it always ends up on the one feature that the product managers over indexed on, like is the killer feature, yeah. the pop-up box. <laughs> right. Always. <laughs> And you're like, uh. what is going on? <laughs> and then, and then, oh, well, you know, I don't, you know, they may need help. You know, I, I, I have real, you know, they have, all, they're having all kinds of problems. I'm like, okay. So then I got to walk over there and go, okay, what's going on? And they're like, nothing. They're, they're just like, creating extra like, work. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think there, this is there has to be this discuss. filter of, there has to be this filter of knowing when crap's really going down versus like. Well, I think some of that happens. Like, with, this is just normal. Yeah. I think some of that happened that comes with time and experience and the pressure that a product manager is under. Like, I think there's all kinds of variables to, to that, but like, I, I feel like that could be a very uh, beneficial conversation to have of like how to approach it. Right. If you're new, if you're a new engineer, you're a new product manager, how do you approach that situation and 
what are best practices, right? Like, I think we could help some people with that. Cause yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched that happen. Still watch that happen. So it doesn't have to be that way. We hope you found some value in our chat about planning and construction. In the next episode, we're talking about GTM and delivery, and we attempt to define delivered or done. Thanks for listening to the Product versus Engineering podcast. You can learn more at prodverseng.com. That's P-R-O-D-V-S-E-N-G.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode and leave us a rating and review if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.